And a very, very good Friday afternoon, everybody. A windy, windy Friday on this February 7th, 2020. Welcome to Friday Live. I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. Buckle your seatbelt, Yeah, right? it's been windy all day and all kinds of threats of storms and uh, mm-hmm. tornadoes. There were tornado watches out there. But you said you drove through an ice, some ice right, pellets Right, I was ca- on my way coming through Pennington on 31. Mm-hmm. Ice pellets, snow gusts, a little bit of everything. Mm. Freezing rain. Just through Pennington. Must be a cloud sitting right over Pennington. Well, there was a cold front coming through or something. Well, that was it then. I passed right through it. Jim will fill us in. Jim will join us later on with the weather. And uh, coming up this hour, we're going to be joined by Carrie Daunt. She's written a book called Undone, Freeing Your Feminine Heart from the Knots of Fear and Shame. Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'll try to identify with that. We'll, we'll hear all about it. Uh, we're going to, as I said, have the weather from uh, Jim Hoffman and uh, play Saint of the Day later on today. Uh, our friend Father Gary Koch is here next hour with his gospel reflection for the fifth Sunday of Ordinary Time coming up. Mm-hmm. Also, Danielle Bean will join us. And Danielle has written a book called Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections of the Gift of Motherhood. I believe it's about empty nesting. Oh, our nest well, has been empty for quite a while. We can identify with that. <laughs> no, Although, I think been the bills, there, done that. The bills are still coming bills, in. Yeah, but... <laughs> the nest is empty, but the bills are still there. I'll tell you. <laughs> Mamma mia. And uh, both of these uh, authors and books come to us from Ave Maria Press. Yeah. So uh, thank you to uh, them and Stephanie, our, our publicist from uh, Ave Maria. I actually was kind of in a bind because, you know, I'm pretty good about lining up. We're all lined up now through at the end of March, I believe, but... For some reason, I thought we had guests for today. And, and Wednesday, I was sitting at, because, you know, I had my bout with, I believe it was food poisoning. Yeah. I believe yeah. it was food. So I was kind of out of it. But Wednesday, I looked at my account. I said, we don't have any guests. So I real quick uh, emailed Stephanie. I said, Stephanie, I said, you ha- I have five books here you sent me. I said, I was going to get to you soon, but I'm, in, I'm kind of in a bind here. I need two real guests. Real soon. <laughs> and she was very good. Right back got to me. And, and, and mm-hmm. so these uh, They're great. lovely women will join us uh, throughout the program. Great. Uh, friends, if you are listening live at 4.02 on this February 7th, 2020, we're all also coming to you live on all of our media platforms. If you're listening to our radio stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, coming to you live on our streaming audio at our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. Also coming to you live on our Amazon Echo and Google Home devices. If you have any of those, just say play Domestic Church Media. Also coming to you on our mobile app. If you haven't downloaded that yet, you're really missing out. It's free, and you can get everything on that. Uh, and also, of course, if you're into watching, and uh, Cheryl's lipstick is on straight. You know, <laughs> asked me before the program is on straight. I, looks okay from here. Your wig is on straight. My wig is on straight. Thank you. <laughs> We're ready to appear on something. And uh, But, you know, the camera tells all. So anyway, you can watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash domesticchurchmedia. Also, Facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media and on our homepage, streaming live video at DomesticChurchMedia.org. So a lot of ways to listen and watch, friends, and we invite you to do so. And uh, a lot of ways to make a comment. Last week we were talking about this week we should have people text in. Now, do you remember what it was? No. I'll let you think about it for a while. Uh, you remember? I don't remember. Because last week was kind of we had to pre-record, so it was kind of odd. Mm. We weren't live last well, week. We'll ponder something. But let's pray, my friends. And uh, I've been praying. I love these prayers, praying to our children's guardian angels mm. and also the prayer to protect the homes, our own home and the homes of our family. And then we'll pray uh, our uh, 
prayer to St. Michael and our Subtum Presidium prayer. And so we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I humbly salute you, O faithful heavenly friends of my children and grandchildren. I give you heartfelt thanks for all the love and goodness you show them. At some future day, I shall, with thanks more worthy than I can now give, repay your care for them, and before the whole heavenly court, acknowledge their indebtedness to your guidance and protection. Continue to watch over them. That must be the angels uh, recognizing that we're that when you hear a bell, right? Continue to watch over them, provide for all their needs of body and soul, pray likewise for me and my spouse and for our whole family, that we all may one day rejoice in your blessed company. And Lord, we beg you to visit our home and the homes of our children and loved ones and banish from them all the deadly powers of the enemy. May your holy angels dwell in our homes to keep us in peace, and may your blessings be upon us always. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And as Holy Father Pope Francis asked us to do, we're going to pray the prayer to St. Michael the Archangel <clears throat> and the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium prayer. We've, uh, our, I'm sorry, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, the power of God cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Amen. And if you would remember also, friends, our friend Maria, who uh, is in Children's Hospital in San Diego, California. Uh, in the intensive care unit. But I don't did I share with you her mom's text to me yesterday? You did not. I didn't. Did, did I not. see her yesterday? They went there for a few weeks of treatment. They might only be halfway through. <clears throat> and poor Maria, I, there was so much pressure on the brain stem, I guess. Oh, maybe I didn't. This was 7.15 last night. You weren't home. No. But she you passed You were at the disco. Where did the disco No, at? I was not out <laughs> discoing. I had a choir rehearsal. Oh, that's right. Have you joined your local church choir? No. Let's get on it. No. So t fill me in, though. So I knew a little bit of the story, but I, I sent them the um, I, I sent them yesterday morning. I, I always said I always remember Father Groeschel when he called us that day, and I've said it often. Our listeners know what he said to me, but I, he called us that day when we were just starting out, and he said, "Just call to see how you're doing." And I said, "We're not doing that well, Father." I said, "I don't know if I can make it." Oh, the Lord always takes you right to the edge, and mm. I told. Maria's parents that I said, you know, I always think of those words. He takes you right to the edge. And, uh, and they've oh, been so... Well, Maria's mom wrote back, oh, how I know this is, uh, that is true, seems the way he works. And he mentioned, she mentioned that, you know, they were, they were having treatment done, but unfortunately Maria fell ill 2 a.m. Wednesday morning with lung aspiration. Oh. And they're currently at Children's Hospital in San Diego said, we certainly have felt your prayers and God has heard. So uh, all the prayers we pray here, friends, you know, we, we pray for Maria here on this uh, program, my program, and uh, her parents and Maria feel these prayers. And, and she said, with all these awesome prayers and rosaries, our great giving, loving Abba and number one best mother Mary heard our supplications. We are told to proclaim God's miracle before science confirms faith is belief in things unseen. And so she continues and so today we praise and thank God for his word and his truth that he heals all who believe. To him is the glory and praise now and forever. Then she said, yesterday as I sat by her side, sitting by Maria's side, this is her mom writing, mm -hmm. 
She was still unconscious. All the day, uh, all day, the ICU staff was calling her name and asking her to open her eyes, and there was no response. But about 4 p.m., her mom writes, I was alone with Maria, saying the fourth glorious mystery of the rosary, pouring my heart out to Mary as mother, and the, using the rosaries that we lent them, that Bishop had given to us, that John Paul II had given to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, she writes, Maria opened her eyes and called me through her oxygen mask. She's been improving every hour. Oh. Currently is breathing on her own. Now we pray that her lungs will clear out and we are shown miraculous confirmations. So we're going to keep the prayers going, my no, friends. It's in and, God's and hands now God's because hands. medically, you know, what, what can they do? Well, that's, you know, I was, for some reason, I couldn't, I couldn't fall asleep. I was tossing and turning. You know, one thing about being sick all week, not all week, but a couple of days a week, is I slept like a baby. I slept for a long time. It just was okay, great. At least you know, 24 slept, hours. I just slept. But now you can't sleep. And the last night I went to bed and I was so tired, but I just, I, all, I was just in my mind going through all, all this was on, on, was on yeah. my heart. And just praying and praying and praying, kind of internally praying uh, and invoking assistance and the aid of the intercessors. And um, but as I was pr- praying all those prayers, I was I was thinking about that. You know, they've traveled really around the world. They went they to, to was it Nigeria, Uganda, Uganda, Uganda. Mm-hmm. and um, seeking. You know, in whatever way God will heal through human means, but we're seeing that that's not happening through human means. It's only by God's hand that this is going to happen. They so we're, were gonna... on the phone with doctors numerous times. The doctors were in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have reached out far and wide. Right. But um, at the same time, as um, <clears throat> on fire for, for, you know, being steadfast in their faith and filled with hope mm-hmm. and praying unceasingly, and they've been very strong that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Susan said, I'm going to pray and I'm going to keep asking for this miracle. And so many people are just continuously praying for that miracle because Mm -hmm. medically it's just not coming through. And then they thought, well, maybe there's this new experimental program in Mexico that's not yet approved in the United States. So let's take her there. They went to Our Lady of Good, um, Our Lady of Confidence in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, I don't know the title. Our Lady of something. But an approved, an approved right. uh, from the 1800s, I think right. the apparition was. Maybe Our Lady of Help of Christians. I'm not sure. Mm. But anyway, it's in Wisconsin. But they don't hesitate to, you know, be open to any possibility. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep you posted. I mean, we're looking forward to uh, the miracle. That's what we've been praying for. I mean, yes. we're praying for a miracle all the time, and it's. it's but is know. it a test of faith? Like mm-hmm. Father Groeschel says, I'm going to take you right to the. How edge. much do you believe? Here we are. Right. In what could be and looks like. You know, in a, in a very severe, Serious. critical, she was in, listed as critical condition. I don't know if she still is. Right. Um, you know, having passed out and, and uh, I mean, now having to run up to San, from from where they were to San Diego and in the ICU. So we'll just keep praying. We'll keep you posted. There's great, great power in the prayer of the faithful. Mm-hmm. So That's it. You have to believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I guess we'll take a... You have something else? No. Nope. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by Carrie Daunt, and Carrie's book is called Undone, Freeing Your Feminine Heart from the Knots of Fear and Shame. And uh, in this book, um, I believe there are 15 different accounts, different stories from different uh, contributors, mm-hmm. 15 women, um, whether it be a, a law, an illness, loss of faith, rejection, promiscuity, abortion, broken marriage, infertility, 
tell their stories. But anyway, uh, um, Carrie will join us when we come back, and we'll share her story with you as well. So you stay where you are, friends. There's more to come on Friday Live. Welcome back, and uh, again, uh, we want to thank you for being with us today on this uh, windy and blustery and cold. I guess it's getting cold out now. It is. The temperature's dropping. Friday. Whoa, you got to put your headset on there, sweetie pie. It's the, um, <laughs> the volume. Was Speeding up. back there. Okay. <laughs> anyway, do you desire deeper freedom? Do you feel restricted by the knots of sin and shame that conceal the true beauty of your feminine heart? Well, uh, there's a great new book out called Undone, Freeing Your Feminine Heart from the Knots of Fear and Shame. And through this collection of raw and redemptive testimonies from real Catholic women punctuated with guided reflection and contemplative prayer, our guest, Carrie Daunt of the John Paul II Healing Center, offers you an encounter with truth and healing tailored to your specific identities as daughter, sister, bride, and mother. Undone ushers you through a vulnerable search for truth 
through essentially spiritual, essential spiritual exercises, prayer guides, and reflection material. And we want to welcome to the program, uh, Carrie, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hi, Carrie. Well, I have to tell you, Jim's been waiting for this book. He's all ready to take notes and learn. (laughs) (laughs) I can learn. I can learn. I'm sure you know what they say. Men men just don't have a clue about (laughs) the mystique. But anyway, so we're happy to have you here with us today, Carrie. Tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all. What, What is the John Paul II Healing Center in Tallahassee? Yeah, um, so my dad, Bob Schutz, is the founder. Um, I know many are familiar with his um, a few of his books that he has had out for um, Ave Maria Press, uh, Be Healed, uh, Be Transformed, and he is just about to um, release his marriage book called Be Devoted. And um, so my dad is the founder. Um, about 15 years ago um, began this ministry where um, he's taken his 30-plus uh, years of experience um, and marriage and family therapy, um, and his love for the church, and and has has brought it um, to many people, um, lay people, priests, religious, um, where they come or we go out also and do retreats and conferences, and all sorts of um, different events, uh, concentrating on healing in the heart of the church and transformation in the heart of the church. Wow, great work, great work. And so what, what brought about this book? Again, we're talking with Carrie Dawn, and the book is called Undone, Freeing Your Feminine Heart from the Knots of Fear and Shame. What brought the, what was the, what was the impetus and the genesis behind the book? So several years ago, um, I w- had the privilege of diving into uh, a group, with a group of women, this idea of authentic femininity. What does it look like to be authentically who we are and who we were created to be as women? And as I began to um, listen and pray and really um, delve into this, as we, we read, you know, Theology of the Body and um, was reading great uh, authors, uh, women feminist authors, um, Catholic feminist authors like Val- Alison Hildebrandt and Edith Stein, um, really just having this desire to know, like, what is it about the feminine heart? What is it about the feminine heart that really desires um, this greater freedom and, and how to to really experience the truth of who we are. And one of the things um, I've had the privilege of doing for the last 10 years is to pray with women at the Healing Center, um, these really beautiful and intimate prayer um, experiences as a prayer minister. And the one thing that I kept hearing from every woman was, I'm the only one who ever feels this way. Mm. And I realized just how insidious the enemy um, wants to play on the hearts of women and making us feel isolated and alone. Like whatever thing that we have done or whatever thing has happened to us or whatever places of shame in our lives where we find ourselves um, feeling isolated and alone, like it keeps us from living in the fullness and freedom of who we are and who we're created to be. And so um, the desire for this book came out of the desire for other women um, like myself to know that there are women out there who have gone through similar things and have come out on the other side experiencing freedom and healing. And how beautiful to be able to support one another, to pray for one another, and to realize ultimately that you're not alone 
So many of us have this journey, wherever we are today, we weren't there five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And it was a journey for some of us, a pretty wicked roller coaster. And we know better now. But so often, even after those have gone to confession, you still feel guilty. And, you know, we're supposed to be free, but we feel guilty. Mm-hmm. We're ashamed. Um, and you don't know who to talk to. And if you knew that other other women have gone through the same thing, you know, you can encourage one another to be free and, and to be forgiven as we have been in confession. But um, who who were you ultimately targeting? Like, is, is this good for women's prayer groups or just individuals? Like, where where do you hope this gets into whose hands? That's a great question, Cheryl. So a couple of different things. Um, the one thing that's really unique about the book is that it's divided into four sections um, based on John Paul II's letter to women, where he addresses women women as daughters and sisters and brides and mothers. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of broke the book up into four different sections based on the places where um, different women's identities were damaged and eventually restored. So we have daughter stories and we have sister stories, which encompasses, you know, our, our sisterhood, but also our peers and friendships, and then um, bride stories, so places where um, women have encountered um, different areas of brokenness in their marriages or in their desire to be married, and then mother stories, places where their mother identity was broken and eventually redeemed. And then in between each of these sections um, is an opportunity, there are reflection questions with each story, but there's an opportunity between each section for um, for this contemplative prayer, which we was developed by my dad in the John Paul II Healing Center, and which we do at our Undone Women's Conferences um, that we do around the country, um, where we bring women through this process of untying um, the knots, the brokenness in our lives, based on the quote from um, St. Irenaeus, that the the knots of Eve disobedience was untied by the obedience of Mary. Mm-hmm. So with this this idea of the knots in our hearts, and in our lives and the things that, that we've done are the things that have happened to us becoming untied and, and undone um, through this model of receptivity that, that Mary offers. And so um, these prayer experiences allow women to, to not only get to the places of pain and shame that they've experienced, but to help start pulling the threads, um, to, to get to the source or the ache, and mm-hmm. be able to um, invite the Lord into those places, invite our Mama Mary into those places, so that we can live in, in greater freedom. Oh, it's it's no, beautiful. I understand there are 15 different um, um, contributors here in different areas of, and I, I was reading some of them on, on whether it be illness, loss of faith, rejection, promiscuity, abortion, broken marriage, <coughs> infertility, miscarriage, addiction, betrayal, bulimia, and depression yeah. interested mm-hmm. me because that's a very common one, I, I would imagine, among young, very young women these days, bulimia and, and depression. Yeah, these these women have Jim like been very brave in sharing their stories. Um, you know, it's 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 a little easier to share them once they've been redeemed, but there's definitely still a courage that comes with sharing the places, uh, you know, our, our deepest places and hidden places. And and in their courage, my hope is that as other women read it and they can, like you said, um, whether young or old, relate to some part of their own story in this and feel like, gosh, maybe I'm not alone. Maybe if this person has been able to experience freedom, I can experience freedom myself, too. You know, and, and you mentioned earlier, uh, Carrie, that that you were uh, 
as far as authentic femininity is, is such an important topic these days. And, and I'm thinking about how many jaws dropped Sunday night watching the Super Bowl at that halftime <laughs> show. Don't get you know, started on that. Well, no, but isn't that, isn't that a shame that, that in, in this age where we're really trying to empower women in authentic femininity, that that type of thing is still promoted to the extent that it is to a worldwide audience and telling, especially young women, that this is something to aspire to or this is who you have to be. Uh, what do you say to that? Mm-hmm. You know, Jim, this is something I get so passionate about, but like if we only knew just the privilege it is to be a woman, if, if we only knew just the, our own dignity and, the, and the, our, our mission, you know, to be able to bring life to the world and, and to cultivate life and to nurture life, it's just, it's just such a profound gift. And, you know, part of my desire um, for these women to share their stories is when they began to realize and understand who they were and who they were created to be, the, the truth, like the profound truth of who we are and who we were created to be, really in itself is so freeing. Uh, I think so many people have been told so many different things by what we watch on television, like you said, this the halftime show, which everybody is, is buzzing about, but um, but everywhere in social media, on the on the news, or um, in movies, and television, and magazines, we're told a different version of a truth about who we are, and and that our real identity as women is so good and so beautiful that I think if people just understood it um, and saw it lived out, like it's really possible then I think it would invite women into a desire for what is good and true and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And something to be then respected and treasured by the secular world, you know. Um, Do I understand Mm -hmm. then that the Healing Center will hold, are they evenings or mornings of reflection, or can you go there and and spend several days or a week? Tell us a little bit more, if if you can, about the uh, Healing Center in Tallahassee. Yeah, we are based out of Tallahassee, Cheryl, so we do do um, a few events here in town. Um, most of the events that we do in town are for um, priests or um, seminarians, and we do some for sisters. We just started. We have this year our first one for um, for sisters and consecrated, and, and it was great. It was wonderful. Okay. Um, and we do two different week-long events here, but for the most part, most of the people, the presenters for the center, we have um, a couple of different events. Um, five different events in which we travel to different cities where um, where priests have come and been a part of our priest retreat, and then they invite us to come and do it for their parishes and their community. Yes. Um, and people travel all over. My dad is in Milwaukee uh, this weekend. He's presenting this whole weekend okay. um, in Milwaukee, and uh, they have about 500 people who are there at the event at a parish, uh, oh. a local parish there. Oh, that's wonderful. You're really touching lives. Where can people go and read about this? Is there a website? Sure. You mean about the Healing Center? Yes, and also to pursue, I know the book, of course, comes to us from Ave Maria Press, but uh, maybe if you Mm -hmm. could share either a personal website or the Healing Center or, you know, how you want uh, listeners to then explore and and look into both the book and the Healing Center a little bit further. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you go to jp2healingcenter.org, mm-hmm. and there you can find information about our retreats and the conferences and many of the different um, opportunities for outreach that we do. And in addition to that, um, there is we do have a store there where you can um, purchase any of the materials 
um, that our presenters have published. Mm-hmm. Well, friends, we've been talking with Carrie Daunton. The book is called Undone, uh, and it's, per, as Cheryl said, published by Ave Maria Press. That's AveMariaPress.com is their website. Uh, a wonderful book, uh, and, and uh, Carrie, the great work you're doing, um, to imp- again, to, to really build up, as you said, the authentic femininity and to empower women in, in the beauty of who God created them to be. And also, you know, as I said, and I said it kind of half kiddingly, but I, I, half true, too, you know, a lot of times men don't really, don't really get it and don't really understand, um, you know, uh, women. You know, as they say, women come from Mars and men from Venus, whatever, the, whatever it is, Venus and Mars. Uh, and, you know, Cheryl and I have been married for 35 years, and, and we understand that. <laughs> anyway, um, but you're doing great work, and we thank you for that. And especially, I think, most especially, as you said, for those who are hurting and the book covers the topics of uh, illness, loss of faith, rejection, promiscuity, abortion, broken marriage, infertility, miscarriage, addiction, betrayal, bulimia, depression. I mean, it covers the gamut of what so many women are going through. And, and as you said, probably feel that they're alone in this and, and, and no one else has gone through this the way they have. But I think women have a great way of being able to open up with, with each other and discuss. And, and whereas men maybe don't do that as much. So it's a great opportunity. The book, again is is uh, called Undone, published by Ave Maria Press. We've been talking with the author, um, Carrie Daunt. And uh, Carrie, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Jim and Cheryl. And let us know. Next book comes out, let us know. We'll be happy to have you on again. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. Okay, okay best God of bless luck. You, Carrie. Thank you. All right, friends. And uh, again, it's AveMariaPress.com is their website. And uh, looks like a great book, especially if I think... For every woman, I suppose, but I always think of young women who are probably feel the most uh, threatened by the world. And and, mm-hmm. um, and they probably think there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. If they're not modeling themselves after the halftime show uh, display that, that was on the other day. Mm-hmm. And this is so beautiful then to connect with the woman that God wants you to be. Mm-hmm. And so many of the the young women and and middle age and and all of them that there's going to be like this dark shadow on your heart you're thinking of something that happened back in high school or mm-hmm. college or uh, maybe even a previous marriage like how do i deal with that am i the only one that's still going around with this dark spot on my heart even though i went to confession and and i'm supposed to be um mm-hmm. you know free from that you, you you want to be able to read other women's stories and find out how they got through to the other side feeling undone and well, freed. Here's a great yeah. book. So, All right. friends, today we are going to come back with more. Jim Hoppins here with the weather. Then we're going to play Saint of the Day. So don't go away. More to come.
God gave us night and day So we could play and pray together So now let's see what's headed our way As Jim gives us the weather Alrighty, that means I have to say Look what the wind blew in <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of windy out there. <laughs> kind of windy. We've had, you know, we have the emergency broadcasting system attached to our, you know, the government takes over if there's like an emergency. And that thing this afternoon, or I should say like mid midday, but between maybe 1030 and, and, and 1230, was going off every every 10 minutes, warning about tornadoes and strong gusty winds and damage and hail and all this other stuff. It was constantly. So I don't know what happened out there. I've been inside all day, but my goodness. <laughs> I'm not blaming yeah, you, Jim. We, I'm, not, I'm not blaming you. Yeah. <laughs> right. we've, uh, this is a, a strong storm uh, that, that came through. Actually, further up north in Maine, they're getting quite a bit of snow from this. But oh, wow. uh, it's almost, it almost feels like summer, you know, with a big, strong line of thunderstorms coming in and causing havoc. I, I was outside, took the dogs for a walk, and I heard police sirens around and just saw a lot of branches down on the ground. So. Yeah, it was it was nice this morning with uh, you know a little bit of drizzle, but then all of a sudden, boom! It's like sky opened up. And you know we we're surrounded by trees here. You know we have we're on twenty acres of property, but we're surrounded by all these humongous trees. And when the wind was, I thought it was like a jet landing the way the wind was going through these trees. <laughs> I mean, it was. Well, at least we have a new roof. You're safe, maybe right where we are. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Not a not, you, not a shingle flew off our roof. I could say that. And you have that one big metal tree. That's right. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Actually, four of them. Four of them out there. Well, you know what? The, the, the towers, and I didn't know this, but our engineer told us these towers, which one of them is 250-some feet, and the others are lower than 200. At a certain height, we have to have the beacons on top for the aircraft to see. But they're they're structured in a way that they 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 can sustain up to ninety mile an hour winds. Well, after that, I don't know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd start heading home. <laughs> so I was it was getting I, close. You don't want to be around to find out. That's right? no. <laughs> <laughs> Catholic radio personality fried. Oh no. <laughs> anyway, how you been, Jim? We missed you last week. We had a pre-record, and um, you know, the next couple of weeks we won't be here because we're putting in a brand new control board that's actually going to fly the building. We'll be able to fly oh, the nice. building. Yeah. So we have to well, we have to should. put on repeats the next couple of weeks, but we'll be back the last. Uh, but anyway, so how have you been? Well, just make sure when you're flying the building around, you don't fly in 90 mile per hour winds. Yeah, it's like it's gonna be like a drone building. <laughs> <laughs> It'll do everything but. Yeah, it has all the bells and whistles. It's 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 digital. It's got all kinds of stuff on it. I'm excited about it. But it's being installed nice. the next couple of weeks. So they have to take out this old dinosaur that we use now and put in mm -hmm. the brand new one. So mm -hmm. anyway, but how have you how have you been? Okay, good. Bearing, Good. Yeah, bearing. yeah. Actually, I thought I was, um, you know, the Super Bowl was last weekend in Kansas City one, and uh, I was um, supposed to fly into Kansas City for work on Monday, uh -huh. and I was 10 minutes from heading out to the airport when I uh, looked at my email, and the meeting I was going out there for was canceled because everyone was going to the parade. Oh, <laughs> so my God. Yeah. I ended up staying here, and... Um, we rescheduled the meeting for next week. Okay. Yeah, so you have to go yeah. back out. You have to go to Kansas City still? Yeah. So okay. I'll head out on Monday. I'll be there next week. You can stand on the corner on 12th Street and Vine. 
Oh, is that a song? Standing on the corner, yeah. 12th Street and Vine. I don't remember it. I'm going to Kansas City. Oh. Kansas City, here I come. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay, I know that. <laughs> I'm going to be standing on the corner, 12th Street and Vine. All right. Okay, you, you know guys, what I'm going to do? I'm gonna, see if I'm you gonna can find that. it. And I'm going to have someone videotape me, and I'll sing the song. There you go. So you guys are too young. I'm showing my age. I used to sing that when I was saloon singing. That's how old I am. Uh, anyway, hey, listen, i got to tell you, thank you, by the way, for the lovely winter you're giving us. Oh, yeah. No problem. I'll take full credit for that. You know, this morning at church, people were saying they were embracing this weather. They said, we don't have to shovel rain. Let it rain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, as I, I, I love the snow. I I. I you know, I used to like getting out and ski, but with my leg, I can't do that anymore. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I find myself kind of liking this warm, this warm weather. And, you know, it's not too bad. I was telling my wife this morning, it's like we've had a perpetual fall. Mm-hmm. It really hasn't, you know, winter hasn't really kicked in just yet. Right. But, right. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, into next week, it's not looking too bad. You know, we've got some chances of rain and maybe a little snow um, coming up. But, um Let's let's get to the weather right now. I'm just, I'm looking out my window and I see some snowflakes. So um, I would say if you're out out and about, um, it, it, you know, if you if you see these things falling from the sky that you don't recognize, um, it, it is snow. So in some locations you may see a brief period of, of snow um, or just uh, just rainy weather. Um, so this afternoon that that wind is going to continue to kick up. I was looking at um, some observations and. Around here, it's about maybe 25 miles an hour, maybe 30, but down along the ocean, um, uh, say around Barnegat Light, I saw gusts around 46 miles per hour. So it's um, you know pretty windy out there, and you know driving on the turnpike or parkway, mm. uh, it can be pretty dangerous, especially if you're in a high-profile vehicle, so, so please be careful out there. Um, so this afternoon, mostly cloudy. Those um, rain and snow showers are going to move on through. We're going to have a steady temperature around 40 degrees. And that west wind is going to kick up to around 18 miles per hour with gusts around 40 miles per hour. Uh, tonight, partly cloudy, low around 27 degrees. And the winds are going to continue pretty strong uh, with gusts as high as 30 miles per hour. And then uh, Saturday, as we move throughout the day, uh, those winds are going to subside, still a bit strong, maybe 10 to 15 miles per hour, uh, mostly sunny, high 42. Saturday night, partly cloudy, low 28, and those winds are really going to calm down. You'll see a big difference, about 5 miles per hour. And then Sunday, partly sunny, high near 45, looking into next week. We're going to have a chance of rain starting Monday night. and looks like it's going to go into maybe Tuesday, Tuesday night. <laughs> Wednesday's going to be sunny, but then maybe a chance of rain and snow uh, Wednesday night, Thursday, and maybe into Friday. So it looks like some inclement weather uh, next week with maybe one day. We'll eke out Wednesday might be nice. Um, Mm. But, um, you know, this wonderful rainy weather is going to continue. No accumulating (laughs) snow, obviously. No, I'm looking at the temperatures. So Monday and Tuesday, probably around 50 degrees. Wednesday, we dropped to, you know, the upper 40s. Um, and then looking at Thursday and Friday, it's going to be 40, you know, 45 degrees. So not, nothing too bad in the temperature department. 
nothing we can't deal with here in, here in New Jersey. We, we've seen much worse. That's mm-hmm. right. So next, before you know it, it'll be... It'll be spring. Spring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all yeah. right. Well, we're looking yeah. forward to that. So thank you so much for that. And, and again, thanks for all your good work. Have a safe trip out to Kansas City, which I think is the beef capital of the world. <laughs> they have good beef. They have good beef out there. I understand. Uh, and then we'll 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 be in touch with you uh, at the end of the month because we'll be off uh, here for two weeks. But uh, anyway, thank you for all your good work, Jim. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I, you very much. Okay. God, God bless you. God bless you. God gave us night and day so we could play and pray together. So now let's see what's heading our way. They're heroic and virtuous, living in sanctity. But just what went on earth, they were just like you and me. And now they're the saint of the day. Saint of the day. Saint of the day. Wow, people love playing saint of the day. I don't think there's, I'm not going to jinx ourselves with that. I don't think there's ever been a time we've played this game ever that no one has called. Right. Someone we always, came close someone always where we'd wins. We wait. We say, "Oh, come on! Certainly, somebody knows this." Now, I, 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 but sometimes, like I know, uh, only because I'll run into people and they'll say, "I knew who it was, but I was driving right. and I couldn't call," right. and right. you know that that sort of thing. Well, this is how we play, friends. Saint of the day. Cheryl will read clues about today's saint of the day, not the liturgical saint of the day, but the saint uh, whom we've chosen to be our particular saint of the day. And before she reads the last clue, she'll say, this is the last clue. At that point, if you think you know who it is, you can call. But don't call before that. 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. But again, don't call that number until Cheryl says this is the last clue. 609-493-8255. And now let's play Saint of the Day. The saint we have chosen lived in the 4th century. It is believed he came from a rich family and received a Christian education. As a young man, he became a priest and then the bishop of Sebast in Armenia, which is now modern Turkey. When the governor began persecuting Christians, this saint went to live and pray and do penance by himself. He became a hermit. In his solitude, wild animals that were sick or hurt came to him and he would heal them. One day, some hunters found him and brought him to the governor who sent him to prison to behead him. On the way to being beheaded, people crowded the road to see their beloved bishop for the last time. He blessed them all, even non-Christians. Just then, a poor mother rushed up to him and begged him to save her child who was choking on a fishbone. The saint whispered a prayer, blessed the child, and worked a miracle that would save the child's life. And this is the last clue. 609-493-8255. On his feast day, we have our throats blessed at Mass to protect us from all sickness of the throat. 609-493-8255. If you know who today's saint is, give us a call. And I do believe that we have already a caller. Hi, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Uh, my name's Jim Gavin, and I'm calling from Mount Holly, New Jersey. All right, Jim, from Mount Holly. And who do you think today's saint of the day is? Uh, I believe it's St. Blaise. Oh, St. Blaise is correct. 
And, uh, of course, we just celebrated the Good Saints Feast Day. Right. Very good, Jim. Yes, and, and uh, did. And did you get it on the last clue, or did you know that it was a fishbone-choking Fish. episode? <laughs> I knew there was a fishbone-choking episode, oh, okay. and I kind of know a little bit about St. Blaise because I'm a musician, and so I kind of... I. I'm more aware of the, the throat sort of thing because uh, I'm a singer. So. Yes, ah, I thought I recognized okay. that name. Hi, Jim. This Very is Cheryl. Good. <laughs> Very good. And good. what's your parish Hi, down Hi. What's your parish down there? Uh, we, we belong to Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. Okay. okay. Very good. Yeah. All right. Well, St. Blaze is the correct answer. Jim, you are today's winner. I'm going to put you on hold uh, for a moment. Cheryl will get on the phone and get your information. And then, uh, friends, you stay where you are. We'll be back with more. Don't go away.
Alrighty, and congratulations, Jim, uh, from Mount Holly, who is our winner today, Saint of the Day. Saint Blaze, indeed, is our Saint of the Day, and Jim is our winner, so you're back. I'm back. <laughs> you know, it is. You know what it is? And it is a little, a little drafty in here. Because of the wind outside, you know why? Because last year when they did all the remediation upstairs in the attic, they didn't re-insulate. Is that right? Yeah, they, why didn't they? Well, it wasn't their job. Their job was oh. to remediate. We never got it. There's no insulation up there. So the cold air is just. That's why it's chilly because usually it's, it's very warm. I mean, yeah. I never wear a sweater. Drafty. So uh, that's another thing we have to put on our expense. Oh, uh, our so budget. we wear a sweater. That's okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so thank you, Jim Gavin. He pulled over real quick. He goes, "I know oh, this one." Oh, he pulled over. Oh, yeah. yeah. Said, oh, wow. Like I said, so many people are driving, and you just He's, you think, uh, "Well, somebody's going to call by the time I pull over and get my phone." But he had to come in and and uh, name Saint Blaze, being the singer and musician that he is. Did you get your throats blessed? Your throat, I your throats all throughout your throats, or your throat blessed? I did. <laughs> you well, did. They did that over the weekend after every mass. I thought maybe you know Monday was the feast. Yeah. yeah. Why don't they do that? Well. It's up to the, every parish, but this way it, it, it raises the awareness. I mean, it's a teaching moment. You know, you lose sight of a lot of these traditions if, if you don't mm. do it when you have the big crowds there, not just on Monday at a daily Mass with maybe 75 people. Yeah, they did, at the Sunday Mass that I went to, they did it too after Mass, but I, mm-hmm. I wonder if they did it again on Monday. No. See, that? I don't like that. If you're going to do it on Sunday, that's fine, but then do it on the real feast on day. On the real too. day. St. <laughs> Blaise is going to start feeling like I left out. And the groundhog saw its shadow last weekend, which means early spring. Early spring, which... Remember that year the groundhog bit the guy? <laughs> that, that wasn't too long ago, a couple it years ago, It wasn't too long right? ago. The, the, the guy with the top hat on picked up the How the did animal. they get? How does the groundhog know that it's February 2nd, I need to put my head up about 7 a.m. when the TV cameras are there? Did they entice it with food or something? I'm not quite. I don't, all they show is the guy with the top hat. First of all, they're all wearing Many top hats. Many man with top hats, yeah. And they hold the animal up. But I'm wondering, I mean, the animal really came out of its hole? <laughs> or they just they shipped it in from the, the zoo and said, here it is. Pusca, was it Puscatani film? Here, we live in Pennsylvania. We've never been to the occasion. I, did you? Would you really want to go? No. <laughs> I don't need to go because now we have rodents. You, you told me a joke the other night, you, and I, you thought it was hysterical. I didn't really think it was that funny. But <laughs> now I don't remember what it was. About when a Catholic uh, groundhog. Oh, yeah. If a Catholic groundhog sees a shadow, there's six more weeks of ordinary time. <laughs> you have to... T- I want somebody to text and say that, yes, that is indeed hysterical. I didn't find if it that a funny. Catholic... Groundhog sees his shadow. But what if what There's if Ash Wednesday months. is is uh, February eighth? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you can't get into the nitty gritty. Well, that's what I was. I thinking bet my of. friend Jim is laughing up there. Jim Gavin, he's laughing about huh. it. Now, uh, if you want to, you want to text in <laughs> either a thumbs up or a thumbs down on that joke. Six more weeks of ordinary time. Six six oh nine four nine three eight two five five. I can get your text right here. Either yes, it was funny, or no, it wasn't that funny. Six oh nine. Four nine three eight two five five. I won't be insulted. Another hour. So the joke is, if the Catholic groundhog sees its shadow, it means there's another six weeks of ordinary time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I laughed forever. I know you one. thought it was so funny. <laughs> Someone just said hysterical. But, uh, Yay! Thank you. Was it? Uh, it was me. No. <laughs> anonymous. An anonymous person said oh, hysterical. They're not owning up to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. So anyway, we'll be back another hour of, of Friday Live. Coming up next hour, we have our gospel reading for the fifth Sunday of Ordinary Time. And then Father Gary Koch will be here with his reflection. Later on next hour, Danielle Bean giving thanks and letting go is her book about the empty nest. So stay where you are, friends. More to come on Friday Live. Hi, this is Len Dio, founder of the Family Policy Council with today's New Jersey Family Minute on our swan song. Today is our final Family Minute broadcast. It has been our privilege to bring these Family Minutes to you for the past 20 years. Times change and new directions get forged. So please go to our website to sign up to receive our emails at familypolicyalliance.com slash New Jersey. Things are getting out of control, and together our voices joined can make a difference. May God bless you and your family, and please pray for us as we engage the culture for you. Remember, family, it matters more than you can imagine. For more information about the New Jersey Family Policy Council, please call 1-800-FAMILY-1 or look up our website at www.njfpc.org. For the New Jersey Family Policy Council, this is Bob Dittmer. Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Sister Ann Shields speaking to you from Food for the Journey, a program that is heard on domestic church radio Monday through Friday at 6.30 a.m., I want to encourage you to listen to that program, not because I'm doing it, but because I speak of the scripture readings for the day, and the Word of God is what gives us life. Brothers and sisters, today we need life. Hi, I'm Cheryl. I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the Gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. Our family had been going through crisis. Little by little, we just found ourselves drifting completely away. I was afraid to go back. I mean, I cried the first time I received the sacraments again. 
cried because I was back and because I had allowed God to become a part of me again. It's united our family. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Turn over the pages of sacred scripture. What do you find? You find a record of men to whom God has spoken. And you'll also find a record of men who listened to him. In other words, scripture is fulfilled in concrete living dialogues. Now, men do not always want that dialogue with God. At one time, they desire it. At another time, they fear it. Adam was afraid when God called him in the garden. Cain was afraid when God spoke to him. Moses was afraid before the burning bush. When you and I have a dialogue with God, what makes it up? One thing that makes it up is, first of all, a consciousness of our own sin. And the other is the voice of God urging us to confess it, to seek his mercy. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week, our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hardworking people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m. This is WFJS 1260 AM Trenton, WFJS 89.3 FM Freehold, WGYM 1580 AM Hamilton, and WSMJ 91.9 FM North Wildwood, Cape May. Communicating hope on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back, friends. Another hour of Friday Live on this uh, February 7th, 2020. And um, I'm Jim. And this is Cheryl. And you got another thumbs up on your joke. (laughs) (laughs) Good Catholic humor. Clean Catholic humor, yes. Groundhog, season's shadow. Another six weeks of ordinary time. (laughs) Despite the fact that... Ash Wednesday is February 26th or 7th, whenever. Ash Wednesday is pro- was probably four weeks from, from the day before yesterday, right? Yes. Sure. Yep. So even if the ground, the Catholic groundhog saw its shadow yesterday, it can't be done. It's, only it's impossible. That's why I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> I didn't think that funny. Anyway, you're still getting, you're still getting a, a positive accolades for me. Positive reviews. So, <laughs> uh, so we're going to have uh, the gospel reading today for the fifth Sunday of Ordinary Time, and then. Uh, Later on this hour, we'll uh, be joined by uh, Father, well, actually right after the reading, by Father Gary Koch. He'll give his reflection. Danielle Bean will join us, and she'll be talking about her book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go, the Reflections of the Gift of Motherhood. And I think she reflects on her empty nest. Many of our listeners, as well as yourself, can ref- I can reflect on that. Not mm-hmm. as a mother, but 
Mm-hmm. Certainly when the nest is empty. And probably different ways. You know, the, the mother and the father will have different... I don't remember when Anthony, our youngest son, left for college. And we started putting in the hot tub? We, no, we, I remember we, went, that, we had gone down, it was around your birthday in September. We went down the shore, remember? Right, just for the day. And we came home at night and said, this is probably the first time that, we, that we've had this time in 20 years. Right. All of a sudden, it's like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, there was this freeness. What, what is the book again? Letting Go? Letting Go. It, Reflections on the Gift just, of Motherhood. You know, just like we didn't have to rush home. We didn't have to worry about. Didn't have to feed them, yeah. <laughs> pick them up, take them somewhere. <laughs> Make lunches. Yeah. <laughs> we love it. We do it again all over. But you know what? God but is good. We don't have the energy for it day. anymore. That's but then right. after a semester, remember he came home for a semester? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so oh, it was, man. It was short-lived. <laughs> Anthony, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, so dear. let's uh, have go- uh, Sunday's Gospel and then our reflection by Father Gary Koch. This is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Like so many of you, I enjoy watching cooking shows on television. The myriad of food traditions, cooking techniques, and spices is always fascinating. Since eating is so fundamental to our survival, and as our senses of smell and taste are so essential to the pleasure which lies behind eating, we have rich cultural traditions which surround food. One basic fact is true of all food preparation, no matter which show you are watching or in which restaurant you are eating. No matter what spices are employed, from ayam to ziyaku, each level of food preparation has one ingredient in common salt. Every recipe includes at least a dash of salt to enhance the flavor and enrich the texture of the food. Found in rich abundance at the Dead Sea and buried in underground veins throughout the world, salt at times has been the most valuable of all commodities, bringing in even more money than gold itself in certain times and places. Today's salt is so ubiquitous that we take it for granted. Jesus tells his disciples that they are to be the salt of the earth. So significant is that image that the very expression itself has become part of our lexicon. We refer to ordinary people who are essentially good unsung persons as the salt of the earth. At the core of Jesus' teaching, this passage which follows the Beatitudes on the Sermon on the Mount offers the first of the commentaries on the Beatitudes delivered by Jesus himself. In the Beatitudes, we learn the essential virtues that we must pursue to be true disciples of Jesus Christ. In this follow-up passage, we see the first of the consequences of discipleship. As disciples of Jesus, we are always on a mission, the ongoing sojourn to the Kingdom of Heaven, 
which is the focal point of Matthew's Gospel. In the Beatitudes, Jesus instructed us how. In the didactic sections that follow, Jesus offers instruction on what those Beatitudes mean. St. John Chrysostom, acclaimed as the greatest Christian preacher ever to set foot in a pulpit, delivered a well-known homily on this Gospel. Salt is, he reminded his hearers, both a preservative and a flavor enhancer. In this passage, Jesus sets the contrast between his disciples and the rest of the world. Jesus announces that the sin which is pervasive in the world has left the world insipid to God and hard to take for those who are trying to live according to the divine law. Like meat which has been uncured with salt, the world has become rotten and unpalpable. It is the disciples who are called to be salt, to restore to the world which has been destroyed by corruption and lawlessness. He instructs them to be the salt, to be persons of active faith everywhere and at every time. To be salt means to be so basic that you are taken for granted, valued beyond measure. Once food is flavored with salt, the taste and texture of that food is forever changed. So it is with the gospel. As it reaches to the ends of the earth, the very nature of the world has to be transformed. Yet there is a real and immediate warning that follows. When salt becomes tasteless, it is good for nothing and is to be tread underfoot. We cannot allow corruption and sin to overtake us. For the good that we do will be of no benefit to us or to others. To fall into sin is to become flavorless salt, suborning moral decay. This is an important underlying theme that runs throughout Matthew's teaching on discipleship. He offers not only instruction and promise, the promise of the kingdom of heaven, but warning and the promise of eternal destruction. By simple and basic acts of faith and of Christian action, sharing bread, sheltering the homeless, and clothing the naked, as we are instructed by the prophet Isaiah, we become salt of the earth. And as we ignore and refuse to do these things, we become as bland as tasteless salt.
All righty. You're still getting uh, positive feedback on your joke. <laughs> uh, shared the Catholic groundhog chuckle with my in-laws in Florida. They send thumbs up. How about that? So See? People think it's funny. I... <laughs> <laughs> I guess. And uh, if you're just tuning in, may I repeat it? Go ahead. <laughs> of course, you know, we just celebrated uh, National Groundhog Day or whatever it was. But it, it, re- it came across Facebook. I- I'm not taking credit for it, but it said, if a Catholic groundhog sees his shadow, then we have six more weeks of ordinary time. Yeah, so you're getting... <laughs> <laughs> you were laughing so hard the other night, and I didn't. I, I was afraid I was insulting you by not ad- admitting that. No, it was, you didn't even break a smile. And I'm I'm a pretty funny guy. That didn't. That didn't. <laughs> that didn't it didn't, just didn't it was, sit well. Didn't with you. strike me as being that no. funny. But anyway, you're getting anyway, great reviews. The reviews well, are coming in, and people are texting 609-493-8255. I thought it was very cute. Uh, uh, it says everywhere I go, uh, people come up and say, "I heard you on Catholic radio or Dr. Ray Garendi show." I'm not really sure what that means, but anyway, mm. they said the joke was very funny. Oh well, thank you very much for your support. You have an announcement there? Uh, Yes. You know, if you're looking for something to do, and as it seems to be raining every other day, uh, especially if you are a parish musician involved in your choir or as choir director, there's going to be a choral reading session, and you're familiar with those. You go in, and there's a nice packet of music waiting for you, and being with like-minded and um, highly skilled musicians. You just sit and sing it. it automatically, it's SATB. But it's a great way to hear a lot of the new music that's being published or maybe new arrangements. So, But it is this Sunday, um, Sunday, February 9th, in the afternoon at 2.30 to 4, only 90 minutes, at Mary Mother of God Parish in Hillsboro. Do you know where that is? Mm-hmm. South Triangle Road. I've not been there. I was there once. Mm-hmm. And I think we have we know someone who's the pastor there, don't we? Was it? Well, one of those father father. O'Kane? Uh, one of those father um, for a while, Jacks. Yeah. So the the father Jack O'Kane that I know now is in Oldbridge, maybe St. Thomas, there but was, he was the here. There were two father Jacks that were in Sayerville. Were they brothers? No. Oh. There's Jack O'Kane and Jack. Uh, Somebody else. No, Jack. Something. Another father Jack. But they were. Hmm. They, and they. We first went on the air many, many, many years ago here. They would come occasionally. They were I used to call them, I used to call them the Father's Jack. Oh, that's great. And they would come because they were from but they were both from the same parish in Sayreville. Oh. But anyway, right. so this is So a, I'm not sure who the, the pastor is now, but it's okay. It's the Metuchen chapter of the National Association of Pastoral Musicians. They are welcoming World Library Publications WLP. Remember we had that We Celebrate hymnal at Queen of the Universe? Mm-hmm. We were there for more than 20 years. Great, great hymnal. I, I don't know if a lot of parishes still are using that publication, but they had a great cross-section of all the songs you wanted to sing, old and new. So you can just go here and sing hymns all day? But here now it's choral reading, so whatever. Oh, the, choral readings, I couldn't go. Yeah, so a lot of the music will be set to choral arrangements for your choir. So as a choir member, it's just great to go, hear a lot of music, maybe bring something back to your choir director, mm-hmm. and just meet other choir members. You Anybody from anywhere, you don't have to be from the Diocese of Metuchen, if, if you're within the listening area and can drive easily to Hillsboro, I would say hop on board this Sunday, 2.30. Um, so that's just a little commercial. Okay. Well, this Sunday actually is a very popular day 
Sunday is actually also World Marriage Day. I thought it was World Pizza Day. Or well, we're getting, we're getting to oh, that. We're getting to that. We're getting to that. It's World Marriage Day. The church, you know, celebrates all week, actually, uh, World Marriage Week. Mm-hmm. From the 7th to leading up to Valentine's Day, I guess. Well, yeah, next to next weekend, which is Valentine's Day. It's yeah. a Friday. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day Friday. Um, so, anyway, maybe people who can't, who, you know, would, would like to go, they can't go because they're going, celebrating their marriage. Are they having any kind of, I didn't see anything on our bulletin board about, um, Marriage masses or, or anything? Yeah. No, anyway, not that I worth. know of. Mm-hmm. Celebrate your marriage. I, in fact, uh, George Rose and Bill Moore, who's they're coming up after us today at six o'clock. It is first Friday. Um, there was George was referencing um, those little spots we run. What what have you done for your marriage lately? Yes. It always makes him think. <laughs> what have I done? You know, I made my wife laugh. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I didn't make my husband laugh though. But there's six not more with weeks that joke. of ordinary yeah, time. Not with that joke, you didn't. Um, yeah. But uh, we won't be together for, for No, you're going to be out in the Southwest desert, and I'll be home catching up on all my work. But uh, but we'll be together by Tuesday. By Tuesday, we'll be together. So that's okay. God willing. So <laughs> then, I get lost in the desert. Yeah. Then the second priority become then a is, nomad. It's the pizza day, Yes, right? well, it is World Pizza Day, National Pizza Day. So, well, let's celebrate that. Then. So, um, <laughs> we can, yeah, but I, again, I won't be there. We won't be together. We'll have to, and, and we're all be there. You know there's no good pizza. Oh, there is. We did find good pizza out there. Mm. But I thought this was interesting. I was reading an article this morning. Um, pizza sent a record number of Americans to the emergency room in 2018. <laughs> it said, who knew that a slice of pizza could be so dangerous? The number of hospitalizations in the U.S. involving pizza rocketed by more than 50% in 2018 compared oh. to the previous year. Well, that's catastrophic. Whether, no, let well, me guess. Burning the tongue? Do you ever burn your tongue or the roof of your, the roof of your mouth? I've done that. Oh. We've learned. We were young. We used to do that because we, we, we didn't know. So but now we know how to, how to really consume it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whether it was caused by falling upstairs while, while carrying a delivery... Or someone slashing a finger with a pizza cutter. Oh. Ooh. There were no fewer than 3,800 visits to the ER two years ago related to pizza. That figure compares to 2,300 injuries the year before. Um, well, you just need to be cautious then. Findings were based on uh, records from uh, a sample of 100 emergency departments across the country in which the word pizza was included in the doctor's notes. Now, here are a couple of unfortunate pie-related cases. All right. Uh, a 17-year-old man poking the roof of his mouth with a fork while eating pizza. First of all, that's his, that's his problem. You don't, you don't use eat, a fork. You don't use a fork when you eat pizza. Well. So he, he, he stuck himself with the roof of his mouth with a fork. Well, number one mistake. he never mistake, ate it with a fork again. That's right. He learned his lesson. <laughs> and then an 18-year-old woman swallowing her tongue ring after feasting on a slice. Well, so, Another problem right there. Right. <laughs> and a 21-year-old woman preparing a pizza who slipped with a bread knife in her hand. I can't think of the worst pizza accident I've ever had. Not getting enough. Not getting not, enough. Not, That's only right. buying one pie. That's right. <laughs> and I remember we were trying to decide. You said you remember when we bought a house, one of our home, one of our homes, not that we have several, but when we moved from one house to the next, the newer right. home that I we moved into. I think the first home that we bought. I don't think it was in Phoenix. We wouldn't have had pizza in Phoenix. No. No. I think it would it be was. here when we move back to the East Coast where you get decent pizza. Yeah. I just can picture us that the furniture had not arrived yet. 
and we're sitting in the middle of I the do living recall room that. floor. That was uh, you and I in a box of pizza. But Joseph, he was, was a baby. So that was Levittown. Been... And we moved to Levittown. Right. And I do remember that. And that was from our. It was from Anthony's. <laughs> Anthony's, sure. Anthony's Pizza was right down the street when we had Anthony's for many, many Thousands. years. Thousands and nary an accident. No, nary never had a an pizza emergency accident. room. No, visit. Not, not with. No. Although I do remember one time giving our Anthony the Heimlich maneuver because he was choking on a. a he, he had too much cheese. Oh. He had too much, too much mozzarella, it and it was, he was gagging on it. I went behind him and pushed it out. <sighs> so that was an almost. That was an almost, but I took care of that. <laughs> and then uh, we were also recalling how in our early courting years, when you lived in, you had an apartment in Somerville, it was like a ritual. And I worked at FedEx, which was not far from where your apartment was. On Friday nights. Somerville. I would stop at Somerville Pizza. I'd get a right on Main Street. Extra cheese, half mushroom. And I'd say to, to the owner, how much? Five dollars. Five dollars. <laughs> and he would give me the pizza for five dollars. Mr. Bon, Bonfantino. 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 Right. 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 He was the proprietor of Somerville Pizza. And then years later, we, we had that, moved Because we were to, just dating then. Right. Years later, I had moved to Phoenix, had Joseph, moved to Pennsylvania, had Angela and Anthony. Mm-hmm. So years later. Years later, we were in Belmar, in Belmar, New Jersey, walking down the boardwalk with the kids, and they were little, and they were running ahead, and they, we said, let's get a slice of pizza, and there was a pizza place on the boardwalk. That, those days, I guess, they're, they're not anymore. No. Yeah. But in Belmar, that was before the fire. Right. Remember? Right. And the kids ran into the pizza place, and we kind of caught up to them, and they were in the pizza place talking to the man with the white you know, mm-hmm. outfit Apron. on, talking mm-hmm. to them. And it was Mr. Bonfantino. And he didn't know who they, he didn't know it was our, and we walked in and he looked at us and they said. I know. And we have that. Now, maybe could we put it on the website if we can, but we have a photograph when we got married. We stopped. They couldn't come to the wedding because we got to be very good right, friends with the family. The wedding. And they couldn't make it. But on the way from the church to the reception, we stopped at Mr. Bonfantino's. We had the entire had bridal party stop in. <laughs> the limousines pulled up and we all went in. Blocked there. all the traffic on Main Street in Somerville, which and now is like a big For plaza, slices of pizza. And you were wearing your, your white dress. You didn't have any dress. sauce on it. Yeah. We, have, we do have photographs of that. Yeah, well, you were feeding can, me pizza. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can post So pizza that. holds a special place in our lives. It does. But it never sent us to the emergency room. <laughs> no, thank goodness. <laughs> like all these 2,500 other, 3,500 other people that it happened to wow. in 2018. So it is, world, it is National Pizza Day on Sunday, so have a slice. You can have a slice. Or celebrate your marriage, wherever it is. Celebrate your marriage with a pizza. Why not? <laughs> That's what we would do That's if we were right. together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One day we'll be together and, you know. Next pizza week, heaven. Oh, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is like the perfect food when you think about it. Yeah. You don't need a knife and a fork. And the thing is, when you go to Italy and you ask for pizza, mm. you get a slice of pizza, it's 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 the, the, the bread and the sauce. That's it. That's it. If you want anything else. Like cheese. Like cheese or any other toppings, you have to ask specifically for it. Right. Con funghi, you know, whatever you want to eat. But the pizza is just the bare minimum. Yeah, but you can't beat it, man. Mm. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> We're itching to go nothing, back to Italy. Nothing can you like tell? the pizza you can get in Roma. I would imagine Naples is even better where it originated. <sighs> yeah. Well, We're probably making everybody hungry. I hope so. <laughs> we can send out for one tonight and have it delivered. That's right. And it's that's the kind of weather. You know, you just want to hunker down. Well, yeah, pizza on a cold night, pizza is mm-hmm. always great. Soup is good. 
Vegetable yeah, but we soup. had soup for had soup for lunch. <laughs> I know. I'm not convincing myself either. No. Well, the pizza is calling. But our, with our luck, tonight one of us will end up in the emergency room <laughs> because of the pizza. Maybe we shouldn't press our luck. That's right. Well, um, that's fascinating information. It See, is. See, you learn something every day. That's right. And it probably is a good, it's, it's also a good Catholic food. Be, we'll tie it into the, the apostolate. The faith. Right. Because, I mean, I'm sure if they probably should do a study on pizza places and their revenue stream and how from Ash Wednesday to Good Friday on Fridays, it must peak. Mm-hmm. How many pizzas do you think are consumed by Catholics during Lent During Lent mm-hmm. on Fridays? Mm-hmm. And Catholic the, schools, you know, pizza day, Catholic, a little bit Catholic of a schools. But d- ponder this. How many pizza places do you walk in and there's an image of the Blessed Mother Padre or Pio, a crucifix? Padre Pio is all right. over the pizza places. Mm-hmm. He's right next door. King's Pizza, there's Padre Pio is on the right. wall. So there's a, there's a nice tie-in. Tie-in so to the like, Catholic faith. It's uh, now I'm very hungry. <laughs> All right, well let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to be joined by Danielle Bean, and her book is called "Giving Thanks and Letting Go." It's the reflections on the gift of motherhood, and uh, Danielle will join us. And what happens to a mother's heart when her children grow up and begin their own lives? Mm. How can she absorb the mixed emotions of anxiety and excitement? Grief and hope. I remember driving Joseph to college and you were crying in the backseat. We <laughs> <laughs> were going across the Route 1 bridge and you're weeping in the back. We're just taking Joseph to college. I know. I think Anthony would put him on a bus, right? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, do I hope he's not listening to the show today. Sometimes he does, dear. I know. Oh, we're just kidding, Anthony. We're it's just... true, though. You know, they say that the, the, the as you go down, you know, the first child is like, you know, with kid gloves, you treat him mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. her. But by the and there's actually actually commercial like that where a woman is with her cat <laughs> and you hear the kid like you don't see the kid you think my I fell she says get a bandaid I'm really bleeding get two bandaids <laughs> <laughs> but that's true like the first one you're so careful you know right. you're walking around with you're all the sterilizing everything the second one you just ease up a little bit it's all right you know and then the pacifier falls on the floor you go and you you boil it now the, yeah. pa- the pacifier falls on the floor you put it in your own mouth to wipe off the stuff and stick it <laughs> you in you don't even do that you, <laughs> you blow on it <laughs> uh, oh dear okay well anyway we're going to be joined Danielle Bean she'll have some great stories so stay where you are friends more to come on Friday Live I 
Well, welcome back, friends. Danielle Bean is the brand manager at CatholicMom.com, an apostolate of the Holy Cross Family Ministries, a Catholic podcaster, co-host of The Gist on Catholic TV. She also served as publisher and editor-in-chief of Catholic Digest. And in her new book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Danielle Bean ponders her emptying nest and overflowing heart as she encourages readers to join her in leaning on God and discovering the joy and promise of this sacred season of parenting. Welcome to the program, Danielle Bean. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Great glad to have to you. Have Cheryl you. and I were just having a little chuckle because all of our children are out of the house now. They're all grown up with the families of their own. But uh, we were recalling how when our oldest son was go- we were taking him to college, I remember driving and, and uh, my son was up in the front with me and, my, and Cheryl was in the back seat and 
I looked in the rearview mirror. We were only five minutes have left from home, not, and she was already crying. So, <laughs> very, it was, it was a rough day. <laughs> and there were still two others left, going to be home yet. But the, anyway, that was traumatic. But this is all—it's all part of. And I, I, I find it interesting. Interesting in the little um, spot that I just read there, Danielle. That it, it is still, even though the children leave, it's still a, a season of parenting. We're we're always parents. Right. I mean, that's important for us to remember because those changes are hard and those tears are real. I think it's important to allow ourselves to feel those things because it's real, but then also to focus on the hope and the joy that is in a new season of parenting. Our children always need us. I am 47 years old and I need my mom, you know, and I need need her prayers. I need her support. I need her guidance. I need her love and connection. But the way that we've related to one another and the ways in which I've needed her have changed over over the years, and that's something that I'm struggling to grasp grasp now as a mom of growing up children of my own with an emptying, as you said, nest, not quite empty yet, but emptying, mm-hmm. and I can see where this is headed. Yeah. Um, but that's something I think we all kind of go through, and it's important for us during those times of transition to connect with each other and share in very real ways about our feelings regarding those changes. What do you recommend, like the first step that, you know, someone's experiencing this just, just like yourself? Or it, for us, for Jim and I, it seemed to happen so quickly. And the next thing you know, everybody was out and we sat at the kitchen table looking at each other. Like, what is the, what are you? <laughs> with yeah. great love, though. With great love. <laughs> right. Of course. Of course. And you know what? I think it's important for us to, you know, yes, acknowledge the negative feelings because it is sad. We are mm-hmm. losing something and there is something to be grieved there when we're, our children leave the home. But I always try to remind myself to think this was the goal, right? I mean, if our children never left home and we're still living in the basement, I consider that, you know, on some level, not what God's plan was for their lives. So of course, this is our goal. So keeping that in mind, but recognizing, yes, there are some hard feelings that go along with that. But then looking at this new season of parenting with its new freedom as an opportunity, opportunity to do something new. You have more time, more energy to devote to other things for the first time in maybe many years. I think it's a great time for for men and for women to pause and reflect on what God might be calling you toward in this this season. Mm-hmm. And we said that too. You know, we we all of a sudden, when our youngest son left for college, and we were home by ourselves, and all of a sudden that night, we were in the. I remember just standing in the kitchen saying, "We we're by ourselves again. <laughs> now this, what are we now it's been twenty years. What are we, now what? <laughs> and all of a sudden, there's like a, a void. Okay, but hey, listen, I tell you what, we've we've learned how to fill it very well, and it's it's uh, it is an ex- it's an exciting time. It is a, a challenging time. One thing I've noticed, and with with Cheryl, now we have two two boys and a girl, and our daughter is middle child. Is that Cheryl, and as as our daughter, who is now going to be twenty nine years old and living in New York, they become very very good friends. You know, right. it's yeah. the, the relationship changed Changes. from being mom mm-hmm. to being a real, just a real good friend. Right, I mean, and still isn't mom. that a beautiful thing? Isn't that a beautiful thing to watch your children grow mm-hmm. into the people that God needs for them to be? Sometimes doing new and exciting things that you never would have imagined, that you never would have done yourself, because they're their own people. Mm-hmm. I myself have been continually surprised to find myself as my children are growing up to find out. These are some of my favorite people to hang out with. Right. And yes. They're just great fun. And, you know, my one of my sons is more adventurous than the others, always taking off for some other far corner of the world. And what an amazing thing to experience those adventures through him. And what a gift 
my husband and I have the opportunity to give to the world through the way that we've raised him and hopefully the values we've instilled in him and the love that he's able to share then with the world. It's a beautiful thing to be able to witness. That's right. Now, I notice in a little description here I have in my, my press notes that one of the things that we'll learn from the book, and again, friends, we're talking with Danielle Bean. The book is called Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood. Uh, about giving up control. You know, there comes a point in a, a ch- an adult child's life where you know you have no control over them, but what are, what are our, yet our responsibilities toward them, and how do we, we not overstep our bounds, so to speak? Right, and this is a real struggle for, for many, many parents, um, moms especially, I think, because we do struggle with that from the time they're born or even before they're born. We want to control every circumstance for our children. We want them to have the ideal birth plan and then the ideal upbringing, the ideal schooling choices, the ideal diet and all of that, mm-hmm. and yet we, we fool ourselves at any stage in parenting, and when we, when we think that we are actually in control of our children, we have to remind ourselves that they belong to God first. And then nothing is more challenging than when a growing up or grown-up child makes choices that we never would want for them, especially if they are leaving the faith that we've worked so hard to give them. And I've seen many parents grieve that situation as their children are growing up, and yet they're still called to be parents to that child. They're just called to play a different role. And I'm always reminding parents in those situations, which is very sad and very hard to deal with, very much a sorrowful thing, but recognize the great hope that there is because, you know, any kind of conversion of heart that any of us has isn't done by any other human being. It's done by the Holy Spirit. It's done by God himself. And God loves our children more than we do. He's working hard in their lives, even when they sometimes make choices that we wouldn't want to have them make. And we can pray them through that. We have an obligation and a responsibility and the privilege of being able to pray our growing, growing up and grown-up children through some of those hard phases of life. So try, I think of my own mom who passed away almost 10 years ago now, but, but, but in, her, in her later years, there were five children, five of us, and then uh, 11 grandchildren, and she would tell us that she would spend her days just praying for all of us. And mm-hmm. just, you know, just that, that was how she spent her, her time, just praying for her children and grandchildren. What a great power there is in those prayers, I would imagine. As you say, the Holy Spirit is the one who is in charge, but the prayers of a mother, grandmother, for her children and grandchildren are so powerful, and parent, father as well. I, I pray for. I start my day by praying for my children, for protect for their protection, and then also praying. Uh, we pray the prayer here to their guardian angels and praying to protect their homes. Um, and I feel that now, as my responsibility as what could be considered the patriarch of the family, to be able to do that. That's I have to pray for my my children in, in all of their uh, whatever they do uh, throughout the day. Right. I think that's absolutely important and a very important role for parents of any stage to reflect on. I know for myself personally, when all of my children were young, we have eight children and they were all packed inside of 12 years. So you can imagine the level of chaos we've had in our household <laughs> over the years. And in some of those early years, I did not have a lot of time or energy to be able to devote to prayer for my children. For sure, I prayed for my children, but um, not in the way and in the, the deep level that I'm able to now, now that I have more time. I have more time for prayer. I have more spaces for quiet in my life. I have time where I can go to Mass or I can get to adoration that never was possible when all of my children were young. Mm -hmm. And so taking advantage of that and using it for the benefit of my children is a new way that I'm finding myself called to mother them now. And I see also, as as I'm thumbing through your book here, uh, Danielle, and again, friends, we're talking with Danielle Bean. The book is called Giving Thanks and Letting Go. 
Reflections of the Gift of Motherhood, published by Ave Maria Press. That's AveMariaPress.com. That's their website. That there is so much information here that I think a lot of our listeners can draw from because we found a couple of years ago that the majority of our audience uh, ranges from, from between 50 and 70 years old. So people who are entering into that time. How do, how do parents begin? Because as you said, you know this is going to happen. You know it's inevitable that this is going to be. How should parents perhaps start preparing for that? I know I sit sometimes at night, sit back, and I look at an old photo album or I look at an old video and, and just wish that, you know, come back. You know, these come back to us right. because we miss you so much. These little ones that were just, you know, the, 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 the apples of our eye, you know. How do you prepare we didn't for really, We didn't really prepare. You know, we just we went day at a time. And, and like I said, the next thing you knew, they were all out of the house. We didn't really stop to think, well, one day, you know, they're all going to be gone. We just didn't even, you know how busy it can be. It's just, just so sure. crazy busy. And- yeah, I think that applies to many stages of parenthood, right? Just the next thing is always right there hitting you in the face before you've even had a moment to reflect on what's just happened. Right. Um, so I think in some ways you can prepare a little bit. I mean, for parents who are looking ahead, and I know of going back maybe five, ten years, I saw myself seeing this on the horizon and thought, oh, my goodness, how, how do parents even do that, right? Mm-hmm. How do you let your kids go to college? How do you ever possibly have them get married and move out of the house and start families of their own? It seemed impossible to me. But I always try to recall, you know, it used to seem, seem impossible to me to have my children go to school or to have them drive a car or mm-hmm. have a girlfriend or, you know, all these things that we have done. Yeah. So I think recognizing that there are these phases and stages of family life and, you know what, give yourself grace. I always encourage people, give yourself grace. If you can see it on the horizon, begin praying now that you will have the grace you need to be the parent your child needs through that stage of life. And God is so generous. He is so good, so kind, and so merciful, especially in the ways in which we might suffer as parents because of how much we love and cherish our children and how much we grieve their growing up. I think that if we just keep continuing to pray for that grace, God will not fail to answer that prayer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we watch now, too, uh, Danielle, our, we have a, our oldest son is married with two children. Of course, that's the, that's how the that's how the void begins to be filled when the grandchildren start coming. Yeah, the next chapter. Well, now we have a nursery in our house and, and, a, and a guest room when the kids are over, and we're, we're loving that. But we were, we're, to watch them go through what we went through, and you know, just a few weeks ago with the, the stomach things that are going around here, and the, every, everybody in their house right. was sick, and Sean was helping out, and I was helping out, and then we were, Sean and I were saying, I, I know this happened to us, but I don't remember it. Yeah. I don't. I, I remember. I know. You know, you remember the, the beautiful. You don't remember those things. Mm-hmm. It, it comes and it goes, and you go through it. But then after, it, it seems to like God gives you great amnesia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful thing, though? Because now you can look back and just remember the good. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the same thing with my mom when my kids were young. I would call and ask for advice about very specific things. You know, dealing with my toddler and whatnot. My mom would say. I don't really remember ever dealing with that. But now I think I understand it a little bit. I right. think uh, that's how God works in our family lives, that we can gloss over some of that negative stuff once we get through it and look back and just really take joy and pleasure in the beauty of the life that we've shared together as a family. Now, the title, Letting Go, how did you come up with that other than the fact, you know, I mean, you don't really let, you never really let go, though, do you? You let go of what? Right. Yeah, 
so really giving thanks and letting go is really a process that I found myself going through as I'm going through this stage of parenting where just pausing more to reflect on my deep gratitude for the gift of my motherhood, the gift of the relationship I have with each of my children, the real privilege that I've had to be a part of their lives and the, the role I've been able to play with them and the ways in which I've been able to serve them and love them through the years. Giving thanks for that opportunity, I think, is such an important part of this process because I could just focus on the negative and feel lonely and rejected and alone and woe is me and what can I do now. But mostly I want to be grateful. I want to be grateful for the wonderful things that God has blessed me with through my family life. And then the letting go isn't so much letting them go forever because my children have, they've, they've come and they've gone and they're always, of course, going to be part of my life. But mm-hmm. it's a letting go of that sense of control, that sense of wanting control, that grasping, that clutching that we want to do because of our own insecurities, learning to trust God and to let go and place our children in God's hands as they grow older. Did you ever have any thoughts, Danielle, um, in that moment now that we have a little bit more time to just sit and reflect and think that, gee, if, if I did it over, I might have done this or that differently, or I hope Mm-hmm. A decision I made or, or something I did or said wasn't something that would be carried through in the years of their life. Like, did you ever have, but there's no guidebook, right? It, or the, This is a right. guidebook right here. It's now, written right, right. Daniel wrote yeah. one. But when, you know, when we yeah, were. Yeah, for sure. For sure, know. I don't have all the answers. Yeah. Um, but yes, absolutely, many times over the years, and especially now as my children are going, I find myself pausing more and more and thinking, okay. Did I do enough? Did I say enough? Did I teach them all the right things? Did I right. mess up something? Right. And you know what? The answer is yes. Mm. Yes, I did. I messed up a thousand things. We're imperfect people. Parents aren't perfect, but God works through us and to bless our children and to give them the good things He wants for them. But one of the most beautiful things I've discovered through this phase of family life is that all those places where I find myself lacking or where maybe I fall short, that's where God's grace comes rushing in. That's where I'm reminded how much we need God, and that's where I'm reminded to teach my children again and again. I might have messed some things up. I wasn't a perfect mother. No one is a perfect parent. And the ways in which human beings fail and disappoint one another, those are opportunities for us to lean on God because he's the one who does not disappoint. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, we want to thank you for writing the book, Danielle, and thank you for being with us today. Again, friends, the, the title of the book is called Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood. Uh, by Danielle Bean, and she's been our guest, and it's published by Ave Maria Press. AveMariaPress.com is their website. Uh, great insight, great advice, and, and beautiful uh, reflections on the gift of motherhood, and as you approach that empty nest, uh, to thank God and all things for the gift of these ch- beautiful children and the gift of motherhood. Thank- and let's let's share a website if we can, Danielle. Is it CatholicMom.com if people want to explore? You know, you are a speaker. You go out and talk about... Right. Uh, people could go to my personal website, which is DanielleBean.com. That's okay. where they'll get the most information about um, my speaking and the retreats that I offer. But right. for the book, you can go to AveMariaPress.com or find it on Amazon. It's called Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood. Well, thank you, Danielle. We appreciate you being with us today. God bless you. Thank you for having me. God bless you, too. Thank you. All right, friends, you stay where you are. We'll be back with more. Don't go away. You are called to holiness. A day of recollection and conference will be held on Saturday, April 4th from 9 a.m. to 6.15 p.m. at the Cathedral Basilica of Saints Peter and Paul in Philadelphia. 
The outstanding speakers will be Cardinal Raymond Burke, Bishop Joseph Strickland, and Father Dennis Gill. There will be opportunity for confession, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, praying of the Holy Rosary, procession and crowning of the National Pilgrim Virgin Statue of Our Lady of Fatima, and a beautiful Palm Sunday Vigil Mass with the Cathedral Choir. Priests are welcome to concelebrate and are asked to bring their albs. Registration is required, and the cost of the day is $65 per person, $20 for students, and no charge for priests, religious, and seminarians. Lunch will be served and refreshments available throughout the day. Tables are available for vendors. To obtain more information and register, please go to the conference website, stjohnneumannchapter.org. That's S-T-John-N-E-U-M-A-N-N-Chapter.org. Or call 215-247-2585. That's 215-247-2585. Greetings, Domestic Church Media folk. This is Bill Maher with Brothers in Arms. I'm here with my co-host, George Rose. And I'm here to tell you about something very exciting that's going to happen on February 29th at St. Mary's in Middletown. It's our 23rd annual Catholic Men for Jesus Christ conference. George, who's coming to this conference? Oh, Billy, we got a great lineup of guests. First off, we got Mark Teixeira. All-star first baseman from the New York Yankees. Yeah, and uh, World Series champion. Uh, we also have Dr. Marcelino D'Ambrosio. Dr. Italy himself. Dr. Italy himself. We interviewed him on the show this month. And last but not least, we have Stephen Alf, the chief investment officer from Federated Investors, uh, who's got a great conversion story and wrote a book recently called Missionary of Wall Street. But most of all, we have each other, and that's where the power is. Where, as, as Christ said, where two or more are gathered, there I am. Be there, guys. So to get more information, go to catholicmanforjesuschrist.org, and you can register online. Uh, Bill and George coming up next in just a few minutes. With that's their, right. They do a great job. With their uh, brothers, excuse me, brothers in arms, and, of course, um, that conference, which is... Three weeks from tomorrow, our next Friday live program, we're going to do live there. There. In Middletown. In Middletown. So we're going to have a lot of live guests. Um, That'll be great. Uh, it'll be fun. Dr. D- uh, Dr. Italy, Marcellino D'Ambrosio mm. will be there. So we can probably get him on the air with us, get Bill and George with us. Be like one of those live remotes. We'll have a lot Remember of Remember we used to do that at the Catholic Marketing Network? Yeah. Run up and down the aisles and grab guests. Yeah, well, I said, remember, we told that story. The kids grabbed Raymond when Raymond was brand (laughs) new. Come on. (laughs) Who is this guy? (laughs) Pee Wee Herman? (laughs) That's nice, Jim. (laughs) He does a little bit resemble Pee Wee. If he had a gray suit and a red bow tie on, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he could pass as, you know, a Pee Wee impersonator. Pee Wee impersonator. Oh, Compare the pictures. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he said that recently to someone. I'm not making. I mean, I've always thought that, but he finally publicly said it he himself. He did say that. He That's admitted right. himself. Yeah. So I'm not. And he didn't he go for acting? Like, originally? oh yes, he he studied. You know, he studied with Meisner. Mm. Remember when Angela was taking acting the Meisner class? That the, was like Meisner the, method. The Meisner yeah. method. He actually he told me he actually studied with Meisner, with Meisner himself. himself. Yeah. And uh, he, he was, you know, he wanted to be an actor. Mm. <laughs> Well, he's doing his thing too. Yeah, well, he? he's doing okay. He's doing okay for himself. But uh, yeah, that was the that was the early days of remote. But now we have all the technology. We're remote broad. You can remote broadcast from the moon if we had to. Right. We, you know, maybe the, we can try to go to one of those conventions again. It's great. Oh, the the Catholic marketing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They always have a lot of authors there. I know these books. I tell you, my nightstand. The books are starting to pile up because. There's so many that I want to read, but I think this is going to be my first go-to yeah. reflections on the gift of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do sit there just with the cat 
wishing the kids were there to play. <laughs> the cat. But, but we have the grandchildren. That's what grandchildren are for. I know. I know. We it had them last. Quickly, we had though. them last weekend. Goes quickly. I know. I we just got a the, the little grandparent bragging over that we got the video yesterday of, of Charlotte and Jack singing karaoke. I thought that was the best thing. Isn't that great? I thought, there's, there's Nana and Papa right there. It all That's began. Right. And there they are with the microphones. They each had their own mic. And they were doing karaoke. Jack was it. singing backup vocals <laughs> <laughs> with the mic like shoved and in he's, his he's, mouth. Like, what is he? One. I know. We're like 14 months or 12. Mm. There. But, um, anyway, that's the joy of that. So the, the the gap that exists once the kids leave begins to be filled by the grandchildren right. eventually. You look forward to the grandchildren. So you have that. God gives you that time apart from the children and, and by yourself again to reconnect and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden the grandchildren are coming and the, there's a whole new whole new world as Lady Aladdin guy said. That's right. I remember somebody's giving the advice of try to reconnect what what initially brought you together. What were some things that you enjoyed doing? Pizza. Yeah, that's it. We just started eating pizza, out. That's it. It was pizza. And it's yeah. still there. The pizza is still there. Mm-hmm. Still, still and enjoying it's calling it. Us as, it is as calling we us. It's saying, Anthony's Pizzeria is saying, "Well, I haven't gotten a call yet from Jim and Cheryl. Where are it's Friday no, night?" It's a, they knew us. They really knew us. They did know us. They mm-hmm. Still, now they're getting to know us again. I've been That's calling right. them again recently. So. <laughs> anyway, listen, we've had a great time, but don't forget now, friends. Next week uh, and the week after, because we're putting our new equipment in here in the main studio, there will be no live programming. So my program come to me Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week and the week after. Will be repeat broadcast, and next Friday and the Friday after will be repeat broadcast because we can't do live. It also gives Cheryl and me a chance to get away a little bit, uh, to uh, take our winter vacation together, and um, hopefully and prayerfully we'll, we'll have a chance to visit uh, Our Lady of the Angels, Our Lady of the, uh, Our Lady of Solitude Monastery out in Tonopah, Mother Angelica's order. We'll certainly be praying for you. Please pray for us, and we'll see you in a few weeks. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Bye bye.